Life Audio. Hello, thank you for listening to Your Daily Bible Verse, the podcast that examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm your host, Jessica Vinerokal, and after this short word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's Bible verse, Habakkuk 3, 17-18. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse is Habakkuk 3.17-18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines— The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Harvest is right around the corner in my part of the world. I watched the fields transition from frozen dirt to lush green as far as my eyes can see. The harvesters are chopping corn for livestock, and a hint of yellow in the soybeans tells me the combines will roll into the field soon. Each spring, the farmers plant their seeds, and they hope for an abundant crop. The rains have been spotty this year, and some fields look ragged, like a haircut done by a small child. My heart aches for those farmers who planted their seeds in faith, but who won't get the crop they prayed for. Some seasons are lush and some are barren. What do we do when our efforts don't produce the expected outcome? What do we do when we live by faith and it seems as though our efforts amount to nothing? When storms devastate or the rains don't fall and we feel battered and bruised by heartache, we are not alone. God's word sustains and supports us through it all, and we can, like Habakkuk, rejoice. Habakkuk identifies himself as a prophet, but gives no other biographical data. His reference to the choir master may indicate he was a musician or a Levite. Levites filled the priestly and worship-leading roles among the Israelites— And Habakkuk does not date his prophecy by referring to current kings, as did the other Old Testament prophets. Unlike Jeremiah, who lived during the same time period, Habakkuk does not address his message to the spiritually rebellious people of Judah. 
Rather, he writes to the few who remained faithful to God. He desired to help them understand how and why God was about to take certain actions against their sinful nation. Even though they would not understand everything regarding the Babylonians' invasion and eventual victory, they could still rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk served God because he knew God in a personal way. God was not a far-off being, but an intimate God who was completely invested in his people. Judah would soon face God's judgment due to their rebellion, and they would face suffering and loss. But Habakkuk chose to rejoice, and he exhorted the faithful remnant to rejoice with him. Habakkuk knew a remnant would survive, and he was confident that those who lived by faith would be victorious too. He knew God was their Savior, even though devastation was unavoidable. He knew God would be their unfailing source of strength, even though they would feel weak. Imagine the fields trampled and the fruit trees cut down. Then imagine laboring for hours and days to bring about a harvest and the enemy swoops from the hills to destroy it. Yet rejoice is the clarion call to the one who sees nothing to rejoice about. Habakkuk is not the only one calling others to rejoice. Job, the man who suffered immeasurable personable loss, chose hope in the face of devastation. The psalmists repeatedly command their readers to rejoice, recount, and then rejoice again. The prophet Joel tells us to be glad. We read through the Old Testament and into the New and discover Mary's Magnificat in Luke 1, where she rejoices despite the hardships she faced as the mother of our Savior Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul commands his listeners in Philippians to rejoice. In fact, he says it again, rejoice. The temptation to worry and anxiety can lead followers of Jesus Christ down the dangerous path of doubt. Rejoicing reminds us our God of majesty and power is not diminished because we face trials. God remains the same, whether the rain falls or doesn't. He remains the same, whether we face abundance or scarcity. Habakkuk did not simply practice positive thinking. He acknowledged the reality of the imminent invasion by the Babylonians and the destruction that was sure to come. But he remembered God was greater than them all. And then he called the ones who remained faithful in their walk with the Lord, even when their fellow citizens rebelled against God, he reminded them to rejoice and to look to God for salvation. It can be challenging to praise God when it feels as though everything we hoped for or worked for is gone. When we can praise him in the good times and the bad times, we grow stronger in our faith. It is a beautiful thing to learn to enjoy God when blessings overflow and then also to enjoy him when the blessings seem to dry up. Faith in Jesus Christ helps us to hold loose our earthly possessions and comforts. The difficulties we bear in this life grows our faith as we rejoice. 
Rejoicing helps us endure because it pulls our focus away from our loss and reminds us of what we have, the presence of God in our day-to-day lives. The name of Jesus is an ointment for our bruised hearts, so let's rejoice in him today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the joy of our salvation. Lord, I thank you that you call us to rejoice, but God, sometimes it feels like you've asked us to do the impossible. And I praise you because you are the God of the impossible. So Lord, if there are any hearts today that are devastated by disappointment or sickness or death, Lord, I pray that you would enable them to look to you and to rejoice because your presence in their lives doesn't change whether our circumstances are good or our circumstances are bad. You are constant. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And like Habakkuk, we are going to rejoice in you even though our eyes tell us there's nothing to rejoice about. There is, and it is you. You are strong and you are mighty. You are full of goodness and mercy. It is in you we trust, and it is in you we rejoice, O God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Your Daily Bible Verse is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Y'all, we all got weaknesses. It's okay. Just acknowledge what those weaknesses are and be willing to confront them. Even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Chris, how did you overcome the whole passive husband thing? I led him through it. (laughs) (laughs) There is work for us to do. It is not just sit back and cross my arms and just kind of wait for God to drop the miracle. Hey, y'all, it's Dana Shea. For real faith-based marriage advice, be sure to tune into Real Relationship Talk on LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.